Hello everyone, welcome to a new Process Mining Café. Uh, our topic today is data quality and data quality is a really important topic for process mining. Um, many of you will know the, the expression garbage in, garbage out. So that is really what it is about. So if you analyze data that is incorrect, has problems, then also the analysis results that you are getting from that analysis will be wrong, right? So cleaning the data, finding those data problems, that's a really important step in any in any process mining project. And to discuss this uh, really important and interesting topic uh, today, I'm joined by two process mining researchers. Um, very happy to welcome, um, first of all, uh, Kanika Goel. Hi, Kanika. Hi, Anne. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> of course, we're very glad to have you. So Kanika is a lecturer in the School of Information Systems at Queensland University of Technology. So Thank you very much for joining us from Australia. It's uh, yeah, late in the evening over there, so we are really glad you could make it. Thanks for joining. My pleasure. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> and our second guest today is uh, Niels Martin. Niels is Assistant Professor at Hasselt University and is joining us from Belgium. Hi, Niels. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, thank you both for, for being here. Before we start, I want to remind all of you watching right now that you can uh, participate. Uh, so we have a chat where during the session you can add your own experiences, add your own remarks, ask questions, and we will um, keep an eye on it and try to pick up those comments while we are on the air. And um, so where you're watching this right now on the website, just below there's a uh, The, the possibility to join the chat. You don't have to have an account or anything. Just type your name and enter the chat and then you're in there and you can you can participate. So yes, we'll we'll see you there. Now um, to get started with this um, important topic of data quality, uh, we actually start with a bit of a community contribution because uh, before we yeah prepared the session today, I got some feedback from Yap, uh, who mentioned that in their organization, um, they are using uh, what is called the six dimensions of data quality to check data quality problems. Um, and uh, so, yeah, let me, let me share an example for how that looks like. So that's a generic data quality framework. Um, so it's not specific to process mining, but yeah, can be applied to any kind of Uh, data that you find in, in, in the IT systems. And it looks at general data quality uh, dimensions like completeness, is the data complete, consistency, uniqueness, validity, accuracy. And there's actually a sixth dimension not shown in this example, uh, which is timeliness. So how, how fast is the data updated once the real life situation changes? So yeah, so it's, it's clear that these are general yeah important dimensions for data quality and um yeah so like any data analysis technique also for post mining uh, data quality is important but yeah so looking at the 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 this topic it quickly turns out that it's not enough just to use these generic frameworks right Niels and Kanika that was also your your experience right yeah that, that's completely correct There's data quality as a research field in general, it's an enormous field. So, so much research has been done over many decades. But indeed, if we look at these general data quality taxonomies, they're very useful because they provide a kind of a reference framework to think about the concept of data quality, which consists of different dimensions. 
but for process mining, partly because we also work with a specific type of data, it's maybe not enough indeed. And we maybe need more specific classifications of data quality issues, which are in particular relevant for, for process mining. Yeah. Indeed, I completely agree. I mean, process data has its own unique requirements, which need to be understood and met when we are dealing with these different dimensions. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. And we will see some examples, like what this, does this mean? And we'll look at some specific, typical uh, process mining related data quality problems. Um, but yeah, first, maybe to really yeah, reflect a little bit again on what makes um, the structure of process mining data different from, let's say, regular data that you analyze for statistical analysis or data mining, right? We just, as a reminder, we wanted to um, highlight that again, because if we're, let me bring up the example here. Um, see yeah so there it is so that would be a kind of a common example for example for for a classification problem in data mining where you have um, multiple rows each row is one event or one learning example you could say and um, then for example for a classification problem you need to determine what the classification target is so to know that this is the grouping that you want to uh, learn and then you can derive rules or decision trees that learn when um, for example in this case customers buy a particular widget or not so that's kind of the classical situation. Now with process mining, it's a little bit different. Um, and most of you will know this, but just as a quick reminder, we are not looking at like a single event uh, as a full example or full learning example for the process mining algorithm, but we always have multiple events that are related, right? So in this example here, for example, you see one instance for the process mining algorithm is um, highlighted here as case 9705 and these are four events that all belong to the same case so we need the case id or process instance identifier um, to correlate all the events that belong to the same case and then the timestamps um, to bring them in the right sequence and then the activity name to describe the event Right, and especially the timestamps, they are causing a lot of problems, right, Niels and Kanika? That's true, that's true. That's a lot to worry about when you do real-life process mining projects. And these. It's kind of, you could say it's the Achilles heel of, uh, of data quality and process mining, the timestamps, yeah. right? That's yeah. a and lot the wonderful spaghetti models we get out of it. <laughs> Yeah, that can be an effect, right? That you have models yeah. that don't reflect uh, anything. So maybe that's before we go more into detail. That's maybe the maybe the, the biggest takeaway point for for anyone maybe who's new to process mining is that you really shouldn't go into the analysis before you are sure that the data quality is good because then maybe you get a spaghetti model like uh, Kanika just mentioned. You present it to someone in your organization and they find like there's a certain path in there or something that can't be true. And then you look into the data and it turns out, oh, actually, yeah, it's actually not a real path that happened, but it's due to a data quality problem that 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 seem to be there. So then you can go back and clean that problem by yeah, repairing the data, for example. But usually you have you have lost that trust to that person, right? So even if you come back and say now it's correct, they probably say, ah, that that data doesn't really tell us anything. So it's really important to not skip over this step step, but take it really seriously from the beginning. Yeah indeed I fully agree because people will lose trust and 
if certain actions would be linked to some insights that they gather based on wrong data and it could even be detrimental because i often work in the healthcare sector i wouldn't want to make any decisions based on wrong data because that could lead to dangerous situations or process changes so that's something you should definitely avoid that's a very good point it's not just let's say the kind of the selfish view of the analyst like how how they are taken seriously but there can be some really um, some really serious effects and really bad consequences for people yeah that's very good yeah healthcare is is a very interesting research area where also a lot of data quality problems can be found but a lot of opportunity for process mining as well right indeed indeed the, the challenging part is uh, often when the data that we use is um, gathered by manual actions of people like a nurse a doctor yeah. or in other contexts where knowledge workers have to make certain actions with the system and then that data is recorded it might be that the data is recorded at another moment compared to when an activity has been executed and then of course the timestamps in our event log They don't not longer reflect the moment at which an activity is actually executed. So that's a pattern that I often see in, in certain domains, and that makes it, of course, very tricky for process mining, hence the need for good check of uh, data quality. Yeah, that's a very good example. And and I think a nice example also to yeah to show a little bit the, this, how you say, the trade-off that you have to make between maybe having perfect data or data that's completely... Uh, ideal and um, yeah, having some problems, but maybe still being able to use the data. So sometimes you have to yeah, decide that that's all the data that you have and you work with the data that you have, but maybe you know, well, the, the time of the day doesn't really say anything because it's always at the end of the day that the doctors are um, recording the actions of the day, like you, like you just sketched in that example. So then you could still do the analysis, but yeah, you couldn't do it on a very fine-grained kind of hour or minute-based level, but based on a day level, for example. Yeah, yeah but manual data collection is for sure one of the big uh, drivers for, for data quality problems. It's like, uh, Kanika, are you doing or seeing examples from a particular domain, like uh, Niels mentioned healthcare? Um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, recently my projects have been in healthcare too, and I have seen some similar issues. I was going to point to another fact that this also brings into light an important thing about system design, because uh, after all, healthcare professionals, the main job of health, one may argue that the main job of healthcare professionals is to take care of the life of the patient and not enter the data. Um, I mean, if there are two things that at that time, whether I want to enter data or maybe save the life of the patient, I would obviously one would expect that the professional goes and saves the life of the patient. So this yeah. brings forth the significance of it's it's so important to understand what are the key causes or the root causes of these data quality issues that we are facing. So if it's manual entry, then there is a need to actually rethink about the system design and implement it so that the higher order objectives are met yeah exactly yes and that's i think that's a nice um, point also to consider for improvements in the systems right often there's not just one benefit for example if you, like you're saying it's maybe manual work is also not the work that the, the healthcare professional wants to do like data entry is not what what they work for right so they want to really deal with the patients so if there's ways to design the system in such a way that the data can be collected automatically or directly by working through the system and not require an extra kind of 
data processing step later yeah that is better for the for the work but also automatically improves the data quality because then the timestamps reflect when something really happens actually in reality so it's kind of we are moving closer right to to reality with the data in the systems yeah so yeah so taking all of these timestamp specific but also other issues related to post mining into account it's very good and and very um, i'm very happy that in the research community there has been quite some attention actually to data quality so it's not just algorithms but uh, yeah it's recognized that it's a really relevant problem so researchers in in all kinds of groups have have looked at different aspects of that um, topic so today also what we want to do is we want to look at some of um, these categorizations that are more um, yeah post mining specific but also go through the steps of detecting cleaning analyzing um, data quality problems and we want to look at it both from a practitioner perspective but also um, yeah revisit or point out some of the research approaches that that uh, exist in this space and of course afterwards uh, when we publish the recording of today's session we will point to uh, all of the papers and all of the the materials that we that we mentioned so you can read through them in in detail if you want so yeah so let's maybe start with the the first categorization of process mining problems from a research perspective so that was um, by a paper by um, yeah jc bose and wilfen alst and They categorized, uh, let me bring that up here. Uh, yes, so there it is. Uh, so they categorized it in um, different groups like missing data, incorrect data, imprecise and irrelevant data. Um, and you can yeah, you can see the difference, right? For example, missing means that something isn't there. So for example, if uh, for a particular event, we don't have a timestamp, then we don't know when it happened. But the example that uh, Niels mentioned before, if the doctor records some activity that they have done early in the day, later in the evening, then the time that is recorded for that activity in the system will be the time in the evening, but it's not actually the correct time if we are looking at the time when the activity really happens. So that would be an incorrect timestamp. And you can look at these kind of missing, incorrect, imprecise dimensions, not just for an event, but specifically for timestamps, resources, case IDs, and so on. So that's the categorization um, yeah, that, that was created. And um, so then based on that, Kanika, right, in your research group, um, they made a, yeah. another categorization that's more a pattern-based approach. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that, how that compares. Sure, yes. My So my re process science research group at QUT has a long-standing tradition with process mining case studies. So through all the experience that the group has gathered over the years, they came up with these um, patterns that can be used to identify data quality issues, in particular for process data. So as we were discussing earlier, the dimensions that are there, they are, they are good. This, yes, they provide us good insights into the kind of data quality issues that we need to look for in process data. But these particular patterns gives you further insights into what are the kind of data quality issues that we have witnessed in the past, past related to process mining and process data. So, for example, the first one, form-based event capture. 
um, that's an interesting one. So that, that's the kind of um, pattern that you see when uh, you're using electronic forms. So um, there are multiple fields out there and then it's very normal that when we are filling in an electronic form, you click on save and, and then you want to submit it later. Now because we clicked on save and then the submit button was clicked later, all the fields which were probably entered at different timestamps are logged at the same timestamp. So just imagine if we want to have a process model out of it, all of these are going to be in parallel and we don't really get a good overview of what happens before and what happens after, which is what we want to do through process mining. We want to understand how the process is actually uh, being executed when we are doing process discovery. But that's uh, the, the, this particular pattern shows that this is um, not possible uh, in such case. So uh, these patterns helps um, one to recognize what are the key data quality issues that you can observe in process data uh, and what are the mitigation strategies that probably you could apply in order to prevent such issues and what are the different detection and even repair strategies that one could apply. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's a very, yeah. It's a very common problem also, right? This kind of form-based capture. So it's kind of illustrates this pattern-based approach where you're taking situations that you see frequently in, in reality and then define them in, in, this, in this way yeah. that people can recognize it and you can kind of formalize and standardize, standardize the solutions for that. But yeah, I think also this form-based capture pattern is a nice illustration of how systems were created of course not with uh, yeah with the goal to create perfect process mining data right these systems yeah they serve a particular goal so capturing the data was enough and nobody was really thinking about whether the moment at which you capture the data that that would be something that you would want to analyze later so yeah that's basically at the root cause of this point that you touched upon indeed because yeah. we as process miners we are really enthusiastic and passionate about it and we sometimes forget indeed that the, the data that we have to work with comes from systems that are completely not designed for process mining and that indeed leads to many data quality issues so that's in the enthusiasm of process mining something that we sometimes uh, <laughs> forget Exactly. Yeah, that's good to keep in mind. Um, at the same time, you can also come from the other side if you're just focusing on yeah, how process mining automates everything and uh, automatically creates the process maps. And uh, basically, sometimes people are not realistic and think, you know, the human isn't needed anymore, you know, to, to do the analysis. And that's not true. And I think the whole data quality area is a good area that illustrates that really well because even if you recognize that there are some problems you really need to still understand what's behind these problems right so having kind of a pattern library or experience as an analyst helps you to recognize that something is strange for example if we see here in this example that there are these all these events which have exactly the same timestamp we can have maybe the assumption or suspicion like okay maybe that's a form that's capturing these different fields um, but yeah, still we have to know the underlying root cause, right? It's like Niels in the example with the, with the doctor. We have to know like how the data is collected to judge the, the quality of it. Hmm. So yeah, so I think this kind of experience-based, pattern-based 
approach is something I find really interesting. It, it comes also close to how we look at the topic of data quality from a practitioner perspective. Uh, one thing that's really um, used a lot in practice are checklists, right? So, for example, if you yeah if you fly a plane or for, during takeoff, I think the crew they have different checklists that they go through, and it's just also in hospitals they work with checklists a lot. So it's a it's a good and very practical way to not forget something, even if it's something that you do every day it's easy to run the risk of skipping over something. So going through the checklist ensures that you just look at everything. So, yeah, so we always also try to create checklists for for practical steps in the process mining project phases. And so one checklist that we've created also, and we like we said, we will link to, to all of this uh, um, also in the show notes uh, is, uh, yeah, this data quality checklist where people can go through different things and, Yeah, basically check their data once they have imported it um, to see if they can spot something that, that isn't right. And so I wanted to just pick one example uh, to illustrate that. So, for example, uh, when you're looking at the time frame, uh, you can very easily detect a very common data quality problem, which is called zero timestamps. Now, zero timestamps are maybe timestamps that are 1900 or 1970 is the Unix timestamps, or sometimes it's in the future. So you might see timestamps like uh, 2999 or something like that. So again, there's different reasons why in these information systems, these zero timestamps exist. Sometimes they're kind of a default value for a data field that hasn't been filled yet. So people know, okay, it's not a It's not a real value yet, or it's some kind of initial value. Um, but sometimes it's also some kind of technical problem. So, yeah, you, you need to to look at it. But um, so, yeah, for that, maybe I can actually just show that to you uh, based on an example in Disco. That's, I think, the easiest way. So once you have imported your data for this check on the checklist, you can just look at the earliest and the latest timestamp, right? So here, for example, in the upper right corner, we see the start, which is the earliest timestamp in this data set. And then we see the end, which is the latest timestamp in the data set. And here you see the 1900 timestamp in this data set appear. And it looks really strange, right? We have, if we see there's a few events over here in the early 2000s, but then, yeah, there's <laughs> decades where nothing happens. And then, yeah, there must be at least one 1900 event over here. So something is wrong and it's a problem um, yeah because um, yeah it's not correct but also it has effects on the analysis and that's what we mean when we say timestamps are making those problems right we can see that I have another example here where I can show that more easily again also we have 1900 timestamp over here um, if we're looking at the process map then we see that most of the cases actually almost all of them um, they're started by this particular activity at the top, generic main flow. So that's kind of the start of the process. But then there's just one that's going starting here and also this path going backwards. So it's kind of an outlier, but it's not an actual outlier in the process. But um, it's if we're looking um, yeah, at this um, zero timestamp here, it's something... Um, We can find also in the duration, actually, maybe that's something I can show here. We're going to the performance view 
um, for example, looking at the mean duration, that's another problem, right? We have a duration here from for more than 100 years, of course. You know, these kind of effects you see with zero timestamp. And of course, that's a problem when we are looking at statistics. For example, the mean case duration is 13 weeks. But yeah, if we are looking at the duration, we see there's this one case which takes more than 113 days. And if we look at that, then yeah, we can look at that case. And then we see, okay, here's this first it's actually just one timestamp that's 1900 and then everything else is 2013 in this case so yeah so we see that these things can mess up the analysis both in terms of duration so here the whole case takes 100 years um, messing up the average or mean duration of the whole data set these outliers can have a big effect on the mean um, changing the the maps so that's the effect on on the on the process maps and the variance because the timestamps influence the sequence right that's why the timestamps are a little bit the Achilles heel of process mining because everything is based on the timestamps the variance the process maps the the flows and yeah so that's really something that's important to catch and to repair yeah, well, your example also nicely yeah. illustrates is uh the fact that sometimes it's quite rigid, like we first do our data quality assessment and then we clean the data and then we proceed to the analysis. But this also nicely shows that doing process discovery can also help an analyst to identify these uh, data quality issues. It can be helpful to see, okay, this is a strange pattern. Let's look a bit further into the data and then discover it. That can sometimes be more helpful than just looking at your raw data to identify these data quality issues. So use process mining as an instrument to help your own data quality assessment and then improvement. That's true. That's true. So, so that's often, it's an iterative process. So you often, through the process mining tool, you are doing a lot of these data quality checks uh, and investigations. But um, yeah, it's important that you don't skip this step and go right into analysis mode. But yeah, you're using the same the same tools. So for example, one of the things, once we have detected that there is an issue, like we see here, we see that there's at least one, right? We just know 1900 is at least one uh, timestamp. And that is a zero timestamp, but we don't know yet how big the problem is. So to decide, and we come to this a little bit later, but to decide how to deal with this, we have to actually investigate yeah, and quantify the problem. So that's the first step, detection and quantification. And so for this, for example, we could use here the time frame filter. So if we go to the time frame filter, then at first we would just find out, basically investigate what's the, the scope of the problem. And then for this, we would use the intersecting time frame mode so that we catch all the cases that have at least one timestamp in this kind of area and then yeah we would say investigating and then we would see actually it's really just this one case right it's only this one case that has this problem and yeah we see that that's the issue and so we can clean that up but there might be other situations for example like i mentioned before sometimes future timestamps are used for kind of as a default value for activities that haven't happened yet but it could be that it's an optional activity that might not ever happen right so then if you have a case or maybe a lot of cases that have this particular timestamp then you would actually just want to use uh, remove that one event and not yeah not the whole case I have had experience with data sets in which the timestamps were in future just because they wanted to anonymize things and because yeah. of which they shifted the timestamps and then the timestamps ended up being in future. So 
yeah, this is a common problem that I've observed in many of my projects. And uh, yeah, I mean, in, in my case, I would typically we consider it as an outlier, discuss it with the stakeholders, and we'll talk about the remedy later. But yeah, it's more of an outlier detection kind of exercise, and then thinking whether we want to include it in the analysis or not, depending on how legitimate it is. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a nice example. So here also, it's not actually a problem, but there's a good yeah. explanation for why that is. So then, yeah, yeah you can just use the timestamps as yeah. they are. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So yeah. So now we are yeah in the basically in the first phase, right, where we have the detection of data quality problems and quantification. How big is the problem? Um, and yeah. So the interesting thing is that there's also some. Uh, some research approaches in in this area so yeah we wanted to highlight some of some of those uh, and so here um Kanika, you brought a screenshot from one of the from one of the approaches can you maybe explain a little bit what we are seeing here on this slide Yes, indeed. So uh, we were quite tired of doing these things manually. So we decided to uh, build a plugin for it. So uh, basically what this tool is doing is looking at the timestamps in particular in the data set and assessing the completeness, uniqueness, consistency um, and accuracy of them. And we have different metrics to define these high level dimensions from a process data perspective. So we were discussing these dimensions at the start of the session today but the metrics that we use within it are very much specific to process data so this is also one way how these dimensions can be articulated to process data and can be used to assess process data and we have these dimensions categorized across the different levels of event data which is event activity trace and log and then um and then the input required for this is an event log and it just it tells you how accurate complete and unique and consistent the event log is at the bottom the black panel that you see um, if we click on any of the metric it shows the problem uh, it shows the traces or the events or the activities depending on whichever level we click at uh, where the key um, root causes for the issues that have been identified and then a domain expert can actually whitelist them. So it is an automated way of detection, but obviously we do need certain domain knowledge in order to ascertain whether these issues are actually uh, issues or they are not. Um, also, there's an option to configure the weightage for each of the dimensions out there. So, for example, accuracy could be very important for healthcare sector. They may want the accuracy to be up to millisecond level or second level, but it may not be as important to be at the second level or millisecond level, let's say, for um, banking sector. So that configuration, um, the weightage for each of the dimensions can be adopted um, based on different industries. So that's what this tool is doing. Doing. Basically, it's telling how accurate the timestamps are so that you have a holistic understanding of what needs to potentially be repaired, what needs to be further investigated, and have a good sense of where your data set is at at the moment and how much data pre-processing efforts may be required. Yeah. Okay. And is it a separate tool or is it a PROM plugin or how is it, it implemented? It, it's a PROM plugin. Uh, it's log quality quantification developed by Dominic Fisher, and yeah, yeah it, it can be used. Uh, an event log can be provided as input, and it can be used to assess the timestamp quality of an event log. Okay, great. Yeah, we will make sure to link to that. So yeah, 
for yeah. those of you who don't know it so for from disco for example you can easily export the the standardized process mining event log formats and then import it into prom so you can go from disco to prom and try out all the the new research there very easily so we will make sure to provide that pointer um Okay, that's really interesting. And you also brought another example, of, uh, research example, right, uh, Niels, from from your yeah, group? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, maybe a bit of background where this, this came from, this idea, because um, a few years ago, I was looking to the literature on data quality assessment, and there were some tools available that provide quite general insight in, in the quality of your data. But it was also important to recognize that data quality problems are often very context-specific for the specific context of an organization. And I had this idea a few years ago and there wasn't really an instrument available to detect such context-specific event log quality issues. And based on that observation, um, our research group developed uh, DACAPO, which is an R package to support the fine-grained assessment of event log quality. And it's an R package and it's part of the BUPAG ecosystem, which is the ecosystem in program language R for process analysis and process mining. So what is that that package, uh, DACAPO? It's basically a, a set of data quality tests which can be performed on your uh, event log. And the unique feature of this package is that each of these data quality tests can very easily be customized to a particular organizational context to really identify event log issues that might be relevant for your specific organization. And to make this a bit more specific about two Uh, examples of which uh, one is uh, shown here on the slide. So uh, suppose I took an artificial example within the healthcare context. It sometimes is the case that within an organization that some activities are related to each other, meaning that if one activity is recorded, then another one should also be recorded for a particular case. So in this example, the, the test that is run is, suppose that activity treatment evaluation is recorded for a case, then also the activity treatment should be, have been recorded. Because of course you cannot evaluate the treatment if no treatment has been uh, performed for that patient. So this test supports that the domain expert states, okay, this relationship should hold in the data. They can run the test. And then the output shows that in this artificial uh, event log for one particular case, patient 529, this uh, relationship does not hold. So only one activity is recorded, but the other one that should be there isn't there. And then you know that this um, data quality issue is present, and then of course it's up to the next step to decide what to do with that. Yeah, maybe a quick question here. So, how do you decide what those configuration possibilities are? Is this also based on patterns or some common problems that you observe? Um, this uh, classification, these tests were developed also based on literature review. Indeed, where we started from a set of patterns which are defined in literature, but which also we experience in projects that we have done, like very common data quality issue that we came across. So that's, for example, where we notice, okay, sometimes is the case there are related activities that should both be present um, within a case. And then the, the defining the parameters, which specific activities should be there, that's up to the domain expert. So this package is really developed yeah. to enter into dialogue with your domain expert as an analyst to really understand because they typically implicitly know what the likely data quality issues are. And this way to extract this knowledge and test this on your event log, whether that really prevails that data quality issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
in the, the second examples. Yeah. I brought uh, the second example, um, which is a bit the data quality issue that we already discussed uh, about the fact that what is often happening is that several events are recorded in a batch at the same time. For example, because mm-hmm. the resource does not have a computer available at a certain moment. And that creates that discrepancy just between the time that an activity is executed and the time that an activity is recorded. So to identify that, this is called multi-registration, that kind of behavior within uh, the DACAPO package. And this test is uh, run, and you can see from the output that from this test, it seems that 25% of the resources conduct that kind of multi-registration behavior. And this is a hint like, okay, this could be tricky. We should really have a look at the timestamp to see whether they really um, show what an act, which activity has been executed at that point in time, or it's just a matter of the administrative registration of that activity at a later point in time. Also, it's I often call this package like it has a signaling function, like raise some signals, like flashlights. Okay, this is something you should look into, and then it's up to the domain expert to say, maybe they state, okay, this is no data quality issue at all, this is perfectly normal behavior, but then you're at least aware of these potential uh, data quality issues that could appear. Okay, so it's a little bit more like what Kanika was describing with the approach where the domain expert is maybe looking at the output and decides to whitelist certain things or says, well, that's actually not a problem, but it's more of an automatic way of scanning for common problems, yeah, right? Indeed, it's an instrument to make some things. You could code it each time manually, but indeed, this makes it much more easy if you get a new data set because that's also my experience when working in different sectors the same type of problems appear in different sectors. Some may be more problematic in certain uh, sectors, but in general, you see the same patterns reoccurring. So if we can provide some support to identify these issues more easily, that's already one big step forward because if data quality assessment is too cumbersome, then less attention will be devoted to it probably. So every tool to facilitate that process is I think a win for the community. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Is that, uh, Kanika, this kind of um, form-based capture um, problem, is that also part of the automated tests in the, in the plugin that you, that you mentioned? Or, or can you give another example like for, for, the, for the, the automatic tests that are performed? Um, um, well, I, I, I would say this one and another. I would say a complementary example that we have been using is gamification. Um, so... I mean, it's as Niels mentioned that any kind of um, technique that we have for data quality testing is a win for the community, right? So uh, just that's because it's difficult to get the domain experts involved and uh, even if we get the domain expert, even the people involved in order to make sure that whether the data quality, uh, whether there is a data quality issue in the event log. So in one of the work by, again, our group here at QOT, we use the gamification technique in order to involve the domain experts um, to understand what are the, basically to detect uh, um, issues in the activity labels and also to repair them. So we provide them uh, multiple synonyms of activity labels and ask them which one would be the closest. And it's in the form of a game so that we can come up with a solution. Okay, for this activity label, this is the one that is, which is mostly used. So let's have that in the drop down list so that people use that. Or let's automatically use that for that particular activity which is happening in the system. So that's another technique that we have used um, in order to basically uh, seek interest 
of uh, people to identify data quality issues, which is indeed challenging. And any tool, as Niels mentioned, which is out there to detect and possibly repair such data quality issues is a win. Absolutely. And that's yet another way to, yeah, maybe like a creative way to detect problems, right? In this kind of, in the, in the form of a game. I can imagine that in a, in a company setting that could, that could work, right? That people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, in fact, so it uses crowdsourcing in a way. So instead of relying on one person, we can yeah. use multiple people and then aggregate the input of multiple people into one fine final output. Where, yes, okay, this is the answer based on the answers of, let's say, 100 people or 200 people. So it, it, was, it, it was an interesting solution. I fully imagine <laughs> that that's a very interesting approach because also indeed, It's also it's good to rely on a domain expert. You don't want to rely too much on a single domain expert because indeed it might be that one person said, oh, it's not a data quality issue, while another expert would state something completely different. So indeed, I see a lot of potential exactly. approach try to involve as many people uh, as possible in the data quality uh, step. It's definitely a win also not to, because of course you have to be careful not to rely too much on the yeah. opinion of one person and this could uh, be a way to, to circumvent that. It's true. It's, it's like everyone is, yeah, it's, it's biased, right? By, based on what they just have seen maybe in the past weeks or what's still fresh in their minds. So it's the same problem with when you ask people to manually model the process that you only get like a subset of the truth. And yeah, the same holds true if you talk about data quality problems that they suspect and that you might go hunt for. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I think so far we have talked about the detection of data quality problems and um, how to find them, maybe how to quantify them, different, very different approaches to finding them all involving the domain experts on some levels, right? Sometimes some some automatic scans, but then with feedback other, at other times, the domain expert defines what they what they want to see and then the data is checked for those problems. And then once the problems have been detected, then the next phase is to uh, clean and repair the data. So maybe, yeah, if we if we move into that phase now, uh, so thinking perhaps back to the the form based capture problem that we discussed in the beginning, what would be some some ways to to repair or clean that data problem? Well, one. Um, obvious strategy would be the uh, events which have the same timestamp can be aggregated into a course event. So um, we can consider the different events with different timestamps as more granular in nature, and they can be grouped into whatever name the um, domain expert or the um, analyst wants to keep it as, and then the and then you can discover or do the process mining analysis on that data set. That is one possible solution but it may not always work obviously because you don't want to aggregate the events but yeah that that, that could be one solution uh, for form-based event capture yeah maybe it, what it, this example shows is that there can be even again different forms or different how you say incarnations of this form-based capture problem right so depending on what the root cause is yeah. you might you might find different solutions so the aggregation i could imagine really would work well if you have a lot of events that are just recorded at the same time but it's really something that happens in this at this moment 
and then you aggregate it. So, or yeah. you could maybe another approach could be to take a representative event and let it stand yeah. for the whole group or something like yeah. that. But yeah, it, it wouldn't work if it's the same form that's used in very different parts of the process, right? So then... Indeed, yeah. So then more work maybe is needed. And you would... What could you do then? Then you would have to maybe look at which fields have changed so that you can actually find out which field has changed to keep to keep that and remove the other ones, right? Or Maybe, maybe for that, we, Niels and I, were involved in a work where we have proposed maintaining annotations um, with, the, with the events uh, at different levels, not necessarily events. It could be at event, trace, or log level. So in this case, uh, we, we've proposed data quality and data transformation annotations. So, um, and in data transformation annotations, they, they are related to any kind of insert, update, or delete that the user has made to the data. So if such annotations are maintained, and then they can be used to have a have an idea of if anything was inserted or updated at any point of time, or let's say, well, if it's deleted, it's deleted. But um, it gives a sense of where the data is going, and then that can be aggregated at the log level to understand um, which which events could be representative of the issues that we have seen through the uh, data quality issue. That which issue, uh, which representative event can replace the data quality issue that we have observed in the event log. So. That could be possibly another solution. Niels, do you want to add on something to it? Yeah, but in, in, in general, it, it's not so easy that, that data cleaning, uh, yep. tackling these data quality issues, because in the end, you often rely on heuristics. So heuristic is developed to tackle a specific data quality issue. But what I see in literature, there are many valuable approaches developed to tackle very specific um, data quality issues. But they often have to make quite heavy assumptions, especially if they're more and more automated. They have to make heavy assumptions. For example, sometimes the, the process model is needed to, for example, rearrange the order of activities. That's not so easy to have that process model available to give that as an input to a method to improve data quality. Um, so it, it's, it's really tricky data cleaning in general. We have to be very careful about that. And also here, the role of the domain experts, I think, really indispensable mm -hmm. to really they are the ex as an analyst you typically follow the program a bit more from a, one step behind and it's really important to really try to capture that knowledge of that domain expert to try to come up with some solution for data quality issues remaining always aware that it remains fixes and will always remain suboptimal compared to recording the data correctly in the first place so that's some mindset that you always have to be taken into account when you're doing data cleaning Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also to under, sorry, yeah, also to understand what the root cause behind it is, right? So there could be different ways to solve it. So if I think back to the zero timestamp, then yeah, like we mentioned before, you would remove the whole case if there's just a few that have this problem. But if there's maybe forty percent or so of the whole um, data set where just one particular activity has this problem, you would maybe rather only remove that one activity, but you have to understand like the pattern to make the right decision. So that's what the domain expert has to has to provide. Yeah, totally mm. agree. Mm. 
but with these annotations that's that's really that's really interesting so maybe to yeah to make sure we understand what you're what you're saying there is this something that is where you annotate the data based on the cleaning activities that you have taken or also based on observations that might not be cleaned but are just facts let's say so so the annotations are based on any um, operations that would be performed on the event log and mm -hmm also based on any data quality issues that have been observed. Um, so uh, for, for example, we have proposed annotations for accuracy. And in fact, we have used JSC BOSIS framework to propose the annotations. So we propose annotations for preciseness, um, accuracy, relevancy of the events. And that, again, we need domain knowledge. Um, and we, uh, in order to assess whether an event is accurate or precise or um, relevant, and we we maintain annotations upfront um, in order to uh, assess the quality of the event log. So that's on one side. That's for the data quality aspect. But on the other side, we also say that if there are any kind of activities, updates, or inserts, then we want to track the changes that have happened. Um, so in order to maintain a lineage or provenance, which is also, I think, important for data quality, uh, because in the end, you want to know what has happened to the data and what am I looking at right now that can really impact things. So for example, in one project that I'm working on right now, uh, that particular company has issues with different departments coming up with different metrics for the same Uh, for the same data set according to them that they're looking at. But based on, uh, after a root cause analysis, what I understand is that they are looking at completely different views. In other words, the lineage has not been maintained and one particular department is looking at a completely different view of, of the data and the other department is looking at a different view of the same data set because of which they are coming up with different metrics and then their matrix doesn't match. So the KPIs don't match. So hope one way to avoid that is to maintain a lineage. And while annotations are not the only way, we propose them as one possible way to maintain a lineage of the data set. So that, that's what we are proposing through the annotations. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, that, that's, that's true. And then maybe also to take a step back, why we also propose these annotations because What sometimes happens is that a company goes through the process of gathering the data, um, identifying data quality issues, um, determining which mitigations actions are there, which data cleaning actions are taken. But then sometimes it becomes business as usual in the sense that sometimes it's forgotten that certain changes have been made to the data by means of data cleaning. And what we would ideally, ideally want to do is to also take these fact that data manipulations have been done also take that along during the analysis stage itself and of course the first step to be able to take it into account in process mining algorithms is of course that this information about data quality data cleaning has to be captured in the event log and that's also where the annotations then come in because once it's embedded within the event log also algorithms could take it into account in, in future work um, and take that data quality information into account when producing process mining outputs That's really interesting. Yes. So that basically brings us into this the next phase where once we have cleaned the data, we are analyzing the now cleaned or improved data, but there have been some changes have been made. So what you're saying, if I understand you correctly, is like basically to keep this awareness 
present for the analyst um yeah the annotations can be there and how can i how can i imagine this in a practical way could this be for example attributes that are added to the data so that if i look at a particular case i see this extra information available in those annotation attributes is, is that how it works yeah yes okay yeah it's the next right. extension indeed where Action that information can be can be captured Maintain. so it's Really, in, yeah. a, in a standardized, structured way, to also enable its use in subsequent analyses. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Well, we we will link to all of the the research we are discussing here. Um, so, but yeah. So that's a that's a really important point. Like analyzing the data once it has been cleaned, and it's also something that people have to be really conscious about, right? So, if we go back to the simple example with the zero timestamps, if, for example, forty percent of the cases have this kind of zero timestamp event in there and we just remove all the cases that that had the zero timestamp in them then we would be left with just 60% of the initial data set but um, yeah so maybe sometimes even there's no other way so in this case we could have just removed the event which would have been the correct way to do it but you could also imagine other scenarios where you actually maybe have to throw away half the data of the data set but how representative is that data anymore right after making this step so that's something that people really need to be yeah, very consciously looking at once they start analyzing the data well how much of the initial data am i now analyzing and is this still representative to to what i want to analyze and yeah so the the annotations can also can also help with that Yeah, indeed, and also just keeping track of them, like having a, a log available, not an event log, but just a document available, but it's very transparently mentioned which data cleaning efforts were done, that they're also discussed within the team involved in the analysis, like, okay, but is this a good step to do? And thinking jointly about the implications of certain of these decisions, I think it's really valuable to spend enough time in that stage, because it will have an enormous impact on your analysis and your outcomes and subsequently the actions that you might draw from the process mining insights. Yeah. So, so are there, do you see this sometimes that, that people are maybe not so aware and are jumping, you know, to that they forget that they analyze clean data and that they're making mistakes or... I sometimes saw that that pattern, like then it's business as you that that phase is done, and now we proceed to the next yeah, yeah, phase. Yeah. But no, it's a continuous thing that you need to take into account. Um, so I've seen that, and that's why I always really stress the importance of really taking that into account. We're not working on the original data anymore, and even if you have thought thoroughly about these data cleaning steps, it's important to really remember them, take them into account, really until the end of the analysis and the interpretation of the results. Yeah, it's not like a waterfall kind of approach. It's more agile in nature that we really need to go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, this, yeah, this then after the analysis, right? In a way, where it, it it brings us to this last phase, if we are thinking as a as a circle, right? You are analyzing data, you are finding data quality problems, you are cleaning them, you are analyzing the clean data, but then. Ultimately, what you want to do, hopefully, is uh, to improve the data over time so that um, the, the root causes for data quality problems can be can be fixed um, yeah, where they emerge. And so that's something yeah, that um, 
um, there's also some yeah there, there's actually also a research uh, project that we wanted to share with you here so let me let me bring up the slide for that so that's something that has been also has been work that has been done with your with your group Kanika right Yes, yes, that's right. So th this is the Odigos framework, which was developed in order to identify the uh, root causes for data quality issues in process data in particular. So this framework is basically saying that the data quality issues um, that we observe in process mining are a result of the material, personal and social world. Material world basically means the systems that we are using, um, application systems, um, whatever systems we are using basically comprise the material world. Personal world is comprises the behavior of the people. Um, so uh, basically how they are actually interacting with the data and how much value do they put to the, to the data. So data culture uh, would be a part of the personal world. And then the social world is um, how people are positioned to interact with the data within the organization. And then the um, um, framework further says that the interactions between the material and social, material and personal, personal and social, these interactions also influence the data quality issues that are observed in process data. So this is a framework which can be used as a starting point by um, people in organizations if they wanted to understand, to basically categorize the, if they let's say have a brainstorming session, okay, let's discuss what are the key data quality issues we are facing and they come up with uh, 20, 30 odd um, issues. They can use this framework to categorize, okay, the, this lies here, this lies here, this lies here, and they, this can then help them take appropriate strategies in order to overcome the root Quality, uh, root causes that they have identified for the data quality issues. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what I find really, really interesting about this approach and this framework is that it really looks beyond just technical issues because often we are looking at the IT systems and we, yes, we understand maybe the systems weren't made to collect process mining data so we can see yeah. some points there. But even stepping outside of the system, there's often in the yeah, in the interpersonal sphere, in there's like you mentioned here, social or personal uh, factors that play a role, right? So, for example, one uh, example I have to think of sometimes is that there was a, a prosmining analysis being done in an internet company in Ireland a few years ago in a, a call center environment. They were looking at the customer service process and um, so what they notice is that all the calls that all the cases that were created through incoming calls they were closed very quickly and they were barely reopened at all right so it looks on the metrics that you measure typically in a call center are uh, is a metric called first call resolution rate so you want to quickly solve the problem for the customer and do this fast uh, and and so, so on, on paper, it looked great and all the reports were really good. But then someone notices and they say, well, it doesn't seem right, right? Let's let's look maybe from a customer perspective. So that's actually a nice thing you can do with process mining. You can shift the perspective from kind of the case perspective, which was like the issue or repair issue or customer service request issue to the customer perspective. And then they saw that actually a lot of a big percentage of the cases that appeared to be closed quickly um, were not reopened but they just opened a new request once the customer called again and so it was 
bad on different levels, right? It's that they don't have actual visibility on the actual on the actual process, but also for the customer, they had to explain the problem again because every time you call and a new case is created, you have to give all the descriptions and things like that. So, yeah, so that's more kind of the pressure here is the incentive, like how are people measured? What is what are the KPIs that are used? And it's clear that the way you measure things can influence behavior. So, yeah, that's kind of something completely in the in the social world. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really nice that this framework really tries to capture like the whole range of, of reasons that can be there for root causes. Indeed, that's a very good example of interaction between the social and personal world. So KPIs would form a part of the social world and then how people are behaving because of those KPIs becomes the personal world. So yeah. Yeah, 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 and of course, for companies to use a framework like that to really look at the root causes, then gives them the chance to really, yeah, yeah, really prevent them and, and yeah, get get good data for future analysis. And that's also something that yeah that we see in practice. Like we said in the beginning, it's not a good idea to wait for perfect data. Sometimes you find new companies who are starting to work with process mining to say, well, our data still has problems, so we can't do process mining, right? I, th I think that's really a missed chance. You, you should start with the data that you have, but be really critical, like, um, what the problems are and which parts of the data you can use. If there's areas which are yeah, too broken, then you can't use them. For others, you have to make yeah, maybe some, some judgment, like we talked with the, the, the physician, where you only maybe analyze on the day level, but not the, the time uh, in the hospital. So that's it. But, but then, yeah, still, as long as you can do something with the data, it can be useful. And so Yap, who shared um, the, 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 the data quality dimensions from the generic framework, from that was, by the way, from the DEMA, Data Management Association in the UK. So it's an industry association. They, they made this guidance and we will, we will share that uh, as well. So he also said like in their organization, what they how they look at data quality is that they think about uh, data being fit for use. So it's like, what do you want to use this data for? And is it suitable for that? Are there certain decisions that are being based on that? Like Niels, like you mentioned, if it's really something that has big consequences, of course, the requirements will be much higher, right? So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering, is, is that a dimension actually that's considered in one of the, the frameworks, like the importance of the decisions that are being based on the data? Mm, not yet that I'm aware of, but I don't claim to know all the framework by heart. Mm. But I don't think that's it's taken into account explicitly, but I fully agree for that, that fit for use perspective is important to take into account. And also related to the, the previous point that you made, um, isn't it not, you don't have to wait for perfect data. I think that also using process mining on not perfect data can also help and be a motivation to improve data registration. If you as an organization start with process mining, do some initial analyses, and employees or decision makers really see, oh, okay, this is interesting, that process mining, that can help me in my job, that can help to improve certain things in my job. And then you come to the observation, but if this and this data would be recorded in a more accurate way, that would even generate more potential for you to help you in improve your job. And I think that's an enormous motivator and a catalyst to improve data registration in itself. Because of course, some people are a bit opportunistic, like, hey, what's in it for me? And by doing some initial analysis, they can see what's in it for them. Uh, so that's definitely also a catalyst to improve data registration in itself. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So it can be a motivation. But also sometimes just finding out that there are problems can be a, a good insight, right? Even if Yeah, even if you then can't use the data, like for example, the example the example you gave, Kanika, with the, the different views, where the two different departments had different views and basically different metrics. Well, that's something that's really good to know, so that you that you know where these kind of mismatches come from, right? That it's in the data. Indeed, yeah. Um, another example is they automated some of the processes and they were thinking that the data that's coming in is absolutely correct. There shouldn't be any issue. They have very good constraints, no problem at all. It's a very good data set. But then when you analyze it, you find so many data quality issues, as you rightly said. The, the fact that there are data quality issues are itself an interesting insight for some organizations. So just, just to give an example, they had put a constraint for, um, let's say, um, uh, customer name, and then uh, they, they just didn't allow two-letter customer names, and that's also possible. A customer could have a two-letter customer name, and then because of that, customers were putting any name in it. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, finding it a quality issues itself is a good insight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a nice example. <laughs> Yes, so I think we have gone full circle through the whole uh, detecting, cleaning, analyzing, and hopefully improving uh, cycle for for data quality problems. Towards the end, right? What we thought is that it would that it's nice maybe to even step one step back again and to look at um, yeah to to realize that data quality is just one piece actually in in the whole topic of data management or um, yeah data. Um, Yeah, basically other data dimensions, right? So that's something that both of you together have also been looking at, right? So we we put up an example for this here as well. So interestingly, we are using the same, uh, so we are using the uh, framework which is proposed by Dharma, uh, which is, uh, and you mentioned the data quality dimensions that were proposed earlier are also within the UK, working body of Dharma within UK. Uh, but yeah, that, that dimension, as you can see in this framework, is one of the many dimensions that Dharma proposes. So Dharma proposes 10 dimensions for data governance. Uh, And one of them is data quality. So that's interesting, right? So uh, we, we, we really can't get reliable data just by spending all the efforts on data quality. We need to look at many more things. Um, and for example, data security, data modeling and design, where the systems come into play, interoperability, making sure that the system, we can actually amalgamate the data from multiple systems, um, metadata, um, reference and master data. So some uh, interesting dimensions and um, And what we did is we we conducted a Delphi study with experts in the area of process mining um, and uh, to understand what are the key um, data governance considerations across these uh, multiple dimensions. And we came up with this framework with 38 um, data considerations, which are specific for process data. So what 
we have basically done is contextualize the Dharma framework in the process data context and um, we identified the different considerations um, in order to ensure that we can actually trust process data and interestingly we came up with a new dimension which is supporting organizational policies and programs which is not um, proposed by Dharma but the participants conveyed significant for um, maintaining and governing process data. Um, um, I let Neil speak further on it. Uh, yeah. It was really a joint work. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, indeed, it was a very interesting uh, topic to work on because it really showed that if you want to benefit fully from process money as an organization, you should really treat process data as a strategic asset. And if you want to manage the strategic asset and all these dimensions of data governance are relevant, data quality is an important one, but it really enlarged our perspective as well. Many other dimensions are also very relevant. And as Kanika mentioned, we came up in the end with, with 38 considerations, um, which the experts found relevant for process data in particular. And to give one example um, to illustrate it, for example, um, one item that, that came forward is that there's a need to also, in the data model of the organization, to capture the fields that are uh, required for process mining. So it's really that process mining should be a point of attention as well when conceptualizing that data model at an organizational level. And so this is the item, and we also have an indication of how relevant the panel um, indicated that that item was, whether it's strongly relevant, models are to be relevant. So we have also an idea of that uh, relevance score. Another example is, for, is that, um, there's a clear need for guidelines on how to build event blocks, which is also in another dimension. It's also a very typical process mining aspect, which needs to be taken into account if we really want to use process data as a strategic uh, asset. Hmm. And it also a, highlighted the fact that, yeah, okay, we did a lot of research already on data quality, and I think we already came a long way, but more work needs to be done. But also in this other dimension, there's so much work still to be done. So. As research, we will not get bored in the coming uh, years, uh, that's for sure. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's so nice that basically we have come back to the beginning where we see, well, there's a lot of, there are frameworks, there's uh, bodies of knowledge, there's guidelines for data quality, specifically already from other areas. But we do need some specific guidance for the process mining world because there are some specific characteristics with the process mining data due to those temporal relations that we reflect in the data. And it's really interesting to hear you both re report on this um, data governance, broader data governance perspective that basically you have not found this only in the data quality, but in all of these dimensions that there's special considerations for for process mining so indeed a lot of a lot of work um, ahead of us as a as a field <laughs> yeah so that's i think a really really nice nice place to end is there anything else that you wanted to add or anything you wanted to you wanted to say to the community in the end from my side i really i think that uh, the last years we already made a quite nice evolution in this topic because uh, when you also see it when you put the timeline across the publications that were also mentioned during this, this talk that we had you see that we really moved step by step as the process mining as a whole matured really this topic also matured we went from having some categorizations we have 
operational tools to detect issues. Now we're moving more towards that root cause analysis to really identify what are the root causes. So I think we just have to keep on making that, that progress as a community because it's such an important topic. But I'm, I really notice that the entire community is also very aware of the importance of this, uh, this topic. There's also at the upcoming ICPM conference a workshop on the topic of data quality. So it really highlights that, that it's no longer one or two researchers who work on that topic. It's really belong, becoming a core component of the community. And I think also practitioners and academics need to really um, come together and make sure that, that we have really nice tools to, to detect data quality, to improve data quality, because it's, it's so important, as mentioned at the beginning, garbage in is garbage out. So we have to take it into account. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Niels has summed it uh, really well. I'll, I'll just add from a practitioner perspective that uh, if if you are spending, if the analyst is spending a lot of time on data pre-processing, I think it's worth it because then analyzing insights won't take much time and you can actually rely on it. And as Niels mentioned, there's been a lot of research in the past few years, so it's not a bad idea to look up. Uh, for different tools and techniques that may be available for the data kind of data quality issues that you suspect in your data set. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I really like that uh, closing note of yours, Kanika, because you mentioned this 80% um, of yeah. Yeah, time that people spend on data preparation that typically includes the checking and cleaning, checking of data quality problems and cleaning of data quality issues. And I think today we have seen once more that there's actually a lot of value in this phase. So it's not like 80% non-value, but there's actually a lot of value in, in, in this part of the of this, those 80%. So that's, that's a nice way to look at it. All right. Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you, Kanika. Thank you, Niels, for joining. It was, really, it was really nice to get this overview from you and be briefed about what's going on in the research world. Thank you. Thank you for giving yeah, attention to this important topic. Yes. <laughs> thank you. And thank you all for, for watching and joining us here today. Um, yeah, as always, we will Uh, publish the recording in one or two weeks or so with all the pointers that we mentioned uh, and we will be back with another process mining cafe in october and then we will be talking about the process of process mining stay tuned bye bye <laughs> <laughs>